welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, August the 18th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life. I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's mercy. Uh, Brothers and sisters, thank you for taking time to be with me as we once again uh, do our best to open up God's Word. And, And what we've got today is a wonderful and hard and confusing and direct, if I can use those opposites, uh, message. And uh, I, I don't want to sit here and kind of talk around it. I want to really just kind of dive into it. Hey, for those who are, are new to the podcast, welcome. Great to have you. My name is Joe Zenk. I am a lay Catholic minister, have been for 30 plus years of my professional career. And what I do is I drop a weekly podcast on Fridays, usually, at least I try to, uh, so you can hear the readings of the coming weekend before you hear them at Mass and just chew on them. That's the idea. The Word is to be chewed upon. And, uh, and so uh, today, I'm going to read the first reading for you. It's Isaiah 56, verse 1, and then verses 6 to 7, so a pretty quick one. If you want to follow along, we use the, the New American translation 95% of the time. Isaiah 56, 1, uh, and then 6 to 7. And then for our gospel, it's Matthew, of course, because we're year A. Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. Uh, again, tough story in Matthew. You'll hear it. You'll see it. And I want to just kind of put it out there for all of us to see. Worth reading. As always, before we even start, I invite you to, to pause the podcast, do whatever you need, prepare yourself, however you do that, uh, that you may receive this word well, in your mind, in your heart, in your being, in your spirit, in your depths, uh, and that this word may have life, may have grounding, may have something new to teach us and somewhere new to invite us. So with that, let's break open God's word. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Observe what is right, do what is just, for my salvation is about to come, my justice about to be revealed. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, ministering to him, loving the name of the Lord and becoming his servants, all who keep the Sabbath free from profanation and hold to my covenant. Them I will bring to my holy mountain and make joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. If the Spirit is speaking something to you, sit with that. Gosh, you can turn off the rest of the pod if you've got it clear. That's awesome. Let the Spirit speak. And let the Spirit take you where that word needs to take you. We're reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold... A Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. 
My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, send him, send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel. The good news. Boy, that's a tough gospel for me. Because let's put it on the table. It does not paint Jesus in the best of light, does it? It doesn't. Now, Here's the, here's the deal, and we have to make a decision. Is Jesus merely saying these things to test her? He didn't actually believe her to be a dog. He's ignoring her because, I mean, if you see this, he, he does this in, in like a four-step process, right? First, he ignores her. And then uh, he, uh, okay, what does he do? So the first thing he does, he, he ignores her. Then the disciples say, listen, send her away. And he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of, of Israel. So he's putting up boundaries. You're on the other side of that boundary. Okay, that's strategy number two. Strategy number three, I'm going to insult you. I'm going to call you a dog. Okay? Uh, we don't, you know, we don't take the, the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. That's, that's the image he's using. And then four, uh, oh woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Now, we can, we can say, listen, Jesus was doing this as a test to her from start to finish. And you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. It's possible. It's possible he was merely using the phrasing of the day and what a normal Jewish man would have done when this Jewish man encountered a foreigner and a woman. Who, I mean, that's that's two strikes against them, right? You got to know that. That's that's just the 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 way of the day. That's how it was. Uh, and so maybe he was presenting that to say, "Hey, how how badly does this woman want it? Let's let's find out. Let's find out what her level of faith is." Hey, very possible, very possible. And there's a lesson there. There's a lesson there that I think for us says. How much are we willing to uh, stand up for what we believe is right? Or even more importantly than, I won't say more importantly than what we believe is right. How, how willing are we to stand in the gap for those we love? Um, she was. She was willing to humble herself and be called names. She was willing to make herself look the fool. She was willing to put aside her pride and, and beg Brothers and sisters, how willing are we? At, at what level 
will we go to assist those we love or those in need? Take either one, right? She's teaching us that. This woman, we don't even know her name. This woman is to be admired. This woman is to be, uh, you know, uh, among uh, some of the great women of Scripture. Not just because Jesus says at the end, hey, you look at this woman's faith. How great is your faith? Hey, that, that's, that's the culmination of what already is there, what drove her earlier. Would Jesus look at us in the same manner and say, look what drove this person. Look what they are doing on behalf of those who are in need, on behalf of those whom they love. If that's all the lesson this teaches us, that's still a fine and worthy lesson. But then there's the other half, right? He says, what if Jesus wasn't doing this as a test? What if Jesus um, had somehow uh, allowed whatever the culture's blind spot um, to, to seep into how he approached this situation, right? Again, I, I'm not trying to come to any conclusions here, but I am saying this does not paint Jesus in a fair and good light if that's the approach that we take. Um, because here's Jesus first and foremost ignoring someone. That is not something Jesus did in his ministry. Gosh, hardly at all, right? Um, now, the disciples, they're often, I mean, goodness sakes, he was walking through what is a Jericho and the blind man was calling out and they were like, oh man, send that guy away. He's just driving us crazy. But that didn't stop Jesus from going to the blind man. Um, and so here we see it again. I mean, if anything, it's the poor disciples that, that you know, kind of earn our, our, uh, angst or earn our, our like shaking head saying, oh, they just don't get it. Let's slap ourselves on the forehead. You know, they, they're constantly trying to send people away uh, that, that they're uncomfortable with in the presence of God or in the presence of the church or in the presence of, of goodness. Oh, this one doesn't fit. This one doesn't fit. Um, and so, I mean, is Jesus ignoring or testing? Is he using a common phrase of the day? Did he really build walls inside and out? Uh, that, that doesn't seem to be his M.O. That doesn't seem to be who and what he did um, for the rest of what we read in the good news. I'm not coming with an answer because I don't know the answer. Um, I, I think the easy one is to simply say, well, of course he was testing. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. Yeah, okay, maybe. And maybe that's the right one. Or maybe, like you and me, Jesus had a blind spot too. Um, brothers and sisters, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Human nature wants to divide Whatever group we are part of, uh, whatever society we are part of, whatever um, situation in which we find ourselves, we want to divide it into the, the good and the bad. Those who are in, those who are out. Those who get it, those who don't. We just do. We have to know that. 
and uh, and and this is where Isaiah, what what Isaiah is saying is radical, radical. Now this is Isaiah 56, what is commonly called Third Isaiah. You know, in that theory, I won't go into that now. Something we can talk about maybe another time. But really, it's post-exilic. They've come back. They're they're back from Babylon. They're re-setting up who and what Jerusalem will be and and rebuilding the temple with Ezra and Nehemiah, right? And and in a sense, Isaiah, third Isaiah here is saying, this won't just be an us and them thing. We have to know that. Now, the law is the law, okay? That's the important thing. Uh, keeping the Sabbath free of profanation and, and holding to the covenant and, and loving the name of the Lord and ministering to others and serving one another. These are non-negotiables. But who does it? Hey, they're welcome in the house of the Lord. If you're living the covenant, if you're living the life, you are welcome. Essentially, that's what Isaiah is saying. We have to know that. Okay? Uh, the, the whole, and, and their whole culture was built on Jews and Gentiles. It was you were in, you were out. Right? Goodness sakes, this is Isaiah. This is five, six hundred years, five hundred plus years before Jesus' ministry, six hundred before Paul's, and Paul still gets the Dickens when he tries to bring the Gentiles in, right? He's simply going off of what Isaiah was inviting us to, and of course, Jesus way beyond that in the Gospels. Jesus does it time and time and time and time again, which is why this Gospel is so hard to understand because it's like, this just isn't who Jesus is. But what it means, brothers and sisters, again, the, the, the first lesson being, what are we willing to do on behalf of those in need, on behalf of those we love? How, how much are we willing to give of ourselves as this woman was? The second part was, you know, if we, if we look at it the second way, is like, what are the blind spots that keep us from uh, this whole fallacy of in and out? of good and bad, of, of, of black and white, right? Because, brothers and sisters, it's the air we breathe, particularly in our day and time, right? Um, we have to know, we have to know what Jesus is saying here and what is happening here is that somebody with two check marks against her, a foreigner and a woman, is challenging and coming and begging and putting before and will not give up this situation in front of Jesus. And whether he's just pressing her to the nth degree or whether he is putting up a wall, he's not wanting to deal with it right away. And then ultimately, he gets to the point where, go, your, your daughter is going to be healed. Great is your faith. This whole idea of in and out, it's gone. It's gone. And that, brothers and sisters, is the other lesson of this gospel. And we hear it all the time in the gospel. Again, it is so prevalent. We, we miss it in its simplicity. But Jesus is taking that whole notion that there's an in and an out. There's an us and a them. There's a good guys and a bad guys or gals and, and whatever. I'm not trying to be, you know, patriarchal here. There's, there's this and that. And, and Jesus is saying, no. Isaiah said it hundreds of years before, Jesus is living it now. And it would have shocked people. It certainly shocked his disciples who wanted them to be out. Here's my point. 
My point, brothers and sisters, is we cannot simply say, okay, um, we're going to rely on who we are uh, in, in terms of our, yeah, well, I, I mean, what, what are those communities? Uh, I'm, I'm, it's Catholics and non-Catholics, right? We're in, they're not, whoever they are, by the way. Uh, it's, um, we have blind spots based on our country of origin. Uh, we have blind spots based on our, uh, sexual orientation. We have blind spots based on our race. We have blind spots based on, uh, our, our politics. We have blind spots based on, uh, you know, you name it, tall and short, thin or fat. Uh, black or white, it does. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you may be saying, Joe, you are just a flaming liberal, and you're trying to get us to to you know come over to this side of of the the political spectrum or whatever. I do not care. I do not care what your political stance is, and I'm not trying to make anybody anything. What I am trying to do, as clearly as I can, is say this gospel invites us beyond walls. It invites us beyond who are the dogs and who are the sheep. It invites us beyond who is in and out. Isaiah said it clearly. Are you living the life? You're in. This, uh, what is the last line that Isaiah says? For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, not most, not the the preferred one, not the people who do it the same way as you do, all peoples. How does that sit with you right now? Brothers and sisters, our God and the gospel that God proclaims and lives is not a gospel of in or out. It's a gospel that invites us all radically to walk together. How do we deal with that? How do we live that? And are we willing to humble ourselves and beg for those in our life and those in our world and those wherever we encounter to see that there is dignity on both sides of whatever issue we are doing it. Not, not, I'm not saying that, that all issues are the same. That's not my point. We have to love, live the covenant well. And we, we find that in the person of Jesus Christ and how it was lived. But what I am saying is, are we willing to accept those on whatever side of whatever walls we want to build? Are we willing to learn from them? Because Jesus is. Jesus is. He's willing to learn from whomever. We talk about the woman humbling herself in this gospel. So did Jesus. So did Jesus. We would do well, brothers and sisters, to learn the lessons of this gospel, even in its confusing state, because it's a gorgeous gospel. And it invites us to a place where we are willing to set aside whatever blind spots we are, to acknowledge them, to set them aside, to open ourselves to the fact that maybe we have not arrived fully at the truth 
and to embrace that truth from whatever source brings it to us. Let's pray. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth luminous mystery, the institution of the Eucharist. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thank you for uh, breaking open God's word with me on this 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. May your week be filled with every good blessing. Be well.